0: Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of WrestleNomics Radio. It is October 14th, 2018. You're probably listening to this on Monday the 15th, but I am your co-host, Mr. Christopher Mukigana Harrington, joined by the state of New York by none other than Daily Beast writer himself, Mr. Brandon Howard Thurston. Brandon, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great, Chris. Uh, an occasional author, author Brandon Howard Thurston, whatever I am. Yeah, no, I just one article. Well, for, for We've talked so
0: before about how you're a uh, successful independent wrestler. You're a, a trainer, yeah. and you're always struggling to motivate yourself to be more <laughs> of a writer. Yes. And this week, just kind of out of the blue, you 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 put out a, a several thousand word piece over at the Daily Beast, um, which was uh, came out on Saturday morning, and yes. uh, was one of many pieces that have been written all about WWE and Saudi Arabia and some of the the decisions that have to be made about whether or not to run the crown drill show that's gonna be the focus of today's show uh but i also know you wrestled uh, last night did you have a good time and was it a good event
1: it was a good event in erie pennsylvania for pro wrestling rampage i was a special guest referee for a match uh it was a good time uh but yeah i've uh i haven't been running that much in the last few months but uh i figured uh, you know there's all this news around saudi arabia and uh the alleged murder alleged torture of journalist Jamal Khashoggi, and WWE is going to do their second big event in Saudi Arabia this year, Crown Jewel, coming up on November 2nd. And uh, I figured this was, uh, I don't know, this was something I should do a story on. So I, I poked around and then found out who was interested and ended up doing an article for the Daily Beast. So,
0: And this is a story that you and I had touched on briefly last week mm-hmm. um I, I know i mentioned it i was on uh, jason powell's uh pro wrestling boom podcast on the 10th i recorded recorded it on monday and it was released a few days later and um it came out i think on the i'm sorry i recorded it on monday it came out on the 10th and uh, i mentioned it on that podcast as well uh but in in recent days i feel like in the last 48 hours the story has kind of gone from a a five to a 20 in terms of a, a level of intensity Um, where there's just more and more stories, especially as other American companies have uh, made decisions to stay away from Saudi Arabia at this time, Uh, WWE really being left in the crosshairs and just giving out one very vague statement to everyone. What has WWE statement been?
1: We are currently monitoring the situation.
0: Yes. So if for those of you who don't know what the situation is, uh, or if you're listening to the show far in the future, and you might say, I don't remember the story because that, that's the other thing is we're, we're going to talk about this. I think right now, this is a very high profile story all throughout um, the United States and the world everywhere. But, you know, there could come a time when you're just not familiar with the story. So we're going to give you the very, very top line level discussion on it. Um, uh, this, this Saudi journalist, he was a dissident in the sense that he was an advisor to the crown prince and other Saudi royals. At a certain point, basically, he was accused of treason. He sent himself into self-imposed exile. He became a writer who was publishing at the Washington Post. Um, He was living uh, partially in Turkey uh, with his new fiance and was uh, trying to be remarried. And as part of that, he was told he had to go to the consulate to get some paperwork and do some other things. He was also a resident of Virginia. He's US. also also a a, a part time U.S. resident, and um, he had a very long history of being a journalist, um, dating all the way back to the 80s. He had uh, you know interviewed Osama bin Laden back in the 80s, and so that comes up a little bit later in the story here. But he had um, been a, a very prominent Saudi journalist, and then kind of a prominent Saudi journalist in in self imposed ex- exile, and so he went into the Saudi consulate in Turkey on October second, 2018 uh the claim is that he has not been seen since uh turkey has insisted that they have audio and video that supports their allegations that uh kashagi was was tortured and killed um you know there's different ways that people have said that they have this information at one point it, people were claiming it was his apple watch other people saying that you know the apple watch wouldn't transmit that far or what wouldn't be available you know so a lot of possibility that it's just the intelligence Stratosphere trying to make cover stories for the fact that they might have bugged or intercepted certain calls or information. Yeah, the suggestion um, that
1: I've seen is that uh, most countries bug their their uh, their embassies, you know, the, the embassies or consulates of other countries. So this Saudi consulate may have been bugged by audio or video or whatever it may be.
0: Yeah, and and it's also important to really put into a context that Turkey and Saudi Arabia both have increasingly autocratic well not increasingly I guess in Saudi Arabia's case but they have autocratic governments that are um, heavily influencing the media in in the perception of what's happening here and so we'll get into a little bit later about you know what do the Saudis say what are what are we hearing from other countries but um, we just want to put it in context of you know this is be about a month from when this journalist disappeared uh, the fact he was a Journalist, the fact that he worked for a U.S. paper, the fact he was a part-time U.S. you know lived in the U.S. and well, it's, um, it's less than this. a month to, and, be, and to the, be clear.
1: It's he, I mean, just, he disappeared on October second. Yeah, um, you, you brought this and, up and, last week. And it was the first that I had heard about it, but this has become a bigger story as as more details have emerged in the last seven days or so.
0: Yeah, and and I think the the biggest part of it being that the media is also keeping the story very much alive. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just trying to be very honest about it, which is I think it has a, you know, as, as people have pointed out, you know, there was a school bus in Yemen that was blown up with 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 children, mm-hmm. and that was not a big out moral outrage in the whole worldwide. That was we that was in every week, every day. Yeah, that
1: story came but, out in August.
0: But this this is one where I think it it was a story that a lot of people um, in the media related to. Uh, out of just absolute fear and and kind of outrage about it, and so it's it's very much been something where, as pointed out in a later later quote, um, there was a really good uh, uh, Christian Coates Erwachsen, uh a fellow at the Baker for the policy for public policy at Rice University, um, sh- she once said, you know, the credibility is is that, I'm sorry, the credibility gap is high and the Saudi boosters in DC are finding it extremely difficult to portray the image that they were quite s- successful that they were trying to push. And I'm sorry, that wasn't quite the quote I was looking for. But they were just basically making the point that this was a very large miscalculation, if it's true that the Saudi Arabians did this, um, in that they didn't expect there to be as much outrage and kind of um, attention on this story as there seems to be. And so... Uh, when we talk about why are we talking about this on a wrestling podcast, well, let's go back to the Greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah. And um, maybe, Brandon, you, you had a really good video you found on your timeline uh, that was also in that piece uh, where it just kind of talked about how did WWE portray their trip to uh, the Greatest Royal Rumble in April and, and the Saudi government. Could you play that audio? Right. And, and just to, to set this up a little bit, too. So
1: in March, uh, WWE came out with a press release that they had You know, entered into a business deal with the Saudi government to provide them ten years worth of wrestling events, and it looks like they're going to do two. At at this point, they've already done one, the Greatest Royal Rumble, which was on April 27th. Um, So this is not just like yeah, WWE's going to Saudi Arabia and they're setting up a show. This is like the government is sponsoring this, and it's you know, it's it's being you know set up as part of this Vision 2030, which is this big program that the government has there to uh to sort of enhance their economy and their perception worldwide so this this, uh, this event which i you mean know, a lot of people listening they might have seen uh, on the w network at the greatest royal rumble it's it's an event uh, that that in many ways was to you know to uh, enhance the public perception of saudi arabia so at one point during the pro- broadcast in between matches uh, they go to the desk which i think they've also been using for the pre-show where you've got byron saxton there and jerry the king of are there and jr and uh booker t and By- byron saxton throws to this video uh which we'll play the audio of now
2: folks we've had an, an incredible time here in, in jeddah saudi arabia and the community everyone has opened up their doors to wwe
0: so it goes to a video it says greatest royal rumble
2: yeah, but, uh-huh. hey there I
0: it rises like and it, so it shines much, and i want people to come and actually see that
2: uh, and Welcome, and
0: welcomes and hellos to you. Peace be unto you. It's the dawning of a new age in Saudi Arabia. And the societal renaissance that is sweeping this
3: desert nation has a great deal to do with 32-year-old Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman.
0: We have a leadership that is allowing
1: a population to make its own decision within a context of being a global
4: citizen, being the best individual you can be for yourself, for your family, for your nation, for the world.
2: It's a vision. Government that wants to move forward in the best way possible. Yet, maintaining our culture and our heritage.
0: We would like to really encourage young people to go Someone out skateboarding in their health and well-being through the vehicle of sports
2: there is a huge impact with inviting these magnificent events
0: entertainment is one of the main pillars for human happiness showing footage from the riyadh tour in 2016 <laughs> <laughs> I have never been happier in Saudi Arabia than I am now, honestly. So this is a, uh, a cultural leader and uh, health administrator, she's identified. And having something done about it,
4: that's very sentimental.
2: The woman driving, it's a step taken very late, but thank God it's happening now. I'm very proud of our leadership.
4: The Saudis
0: are not necessarily changing, but maybe we're being unveiled and now we're confident enough to show our treasures and share with the rest of the world so yeah it's a uh a very clearly a a promotional piece um not being produced by wwe but rather being produced you know more by the government and then Uh, having a little WWE footage clicked in. When I emailed WWE back in March about this, they just wrote to me, uh, female superstars will not perform at the show. Female fans will attend. In addition, I I assume you're familiar with slash have seen articles about the country's vision 2030. Thank you. And I think part of that is, the reason that's such a big deal is that in theory, there might actually be more than one revenue stream for WWE. Mm -hmm. They might have one revenue stream that is Uh, run the event. They might have one revenue stream that is run another event, and they might have another revenue stream, which is promote Vision 2030. And so airing this video might also be, in a sense, kind of promotional money that they might receive. Mm -hmm. So that very large amount of money, someone was making the point to me that you could. It might actually be separate from um, the 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 event itself. Is that it could be two or three or four different responsibilities WWE has. So playing that video in a way kind of fulfills part of their obligation, almost like a paid ad.
1: Yeah, and uh, it it looks like Saudi Arabia probably has very different uh, accounting standards or procedures than WWE has, right?
0: Well, just the sense that that WWE is publicly traded, and so it's it's going to have to do its very best to um, basically claim the money in the stream of which it's according to the obligations it has. So someone made the point that if, if you, for instance, um, had someone pay for an annual subscription, you would not claim all that money as one month of payment. You would take that annual subscription, you divide it by 12 and you'd claim it for each of those 12 months. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the correct way you should, you know, basically um, look at it. So just, that's just the obligation is that it could be either it can be at a one point in time or it could be met over time. And uh, when the cash changes hand, it doesn't impact revenue. So if you buy it and you finance it in the, the other way, it, it should just show up as a deferred revenue or customer deposit and prepayment and then basically get moved into revenue in the correct quarter. So what I'm getting at there is the idea that when we looked at the old um, other region, we said, well, you know what other revenue for WWE uh, jumped to sixty point six million dollars in Q2, and was only at eleven point nine million dollars the year before in Q2. Yeah. That's a four hundred percent jump. That's probably forty five plus million dollars that likely is tied to the Saudi deal. You could assume it, most of that money is probably related to the Greatest Royal Rumble. Maybe some of it is related to promoting Vision twenty thirty or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. But it probably would not be a prepayment on the other show is what I'm increasingly getting at. But we don't really know. All the deal is confidential. They've said it's confidential. They don't want to go into terms about it. Um, But it it raises a huge question about, you know, what's going to happen if something changes. But before we even get into what WWE is doing, let's just kind of talk about what is the U.S. government saying? So what has President Trump said about what's going to happen um, to the Saudi Arabians if they do or don't give? kind of information about what happened to this, um, uh, journalist who has disappeared. Sure. So let, let's go to, uh, Mr. Trump now.
2: I would not be in favor of stopping a country from spending $110 billion, which is an all time record and letting Russia have that money and letting China have that money because all they're going to do is say, that's okay. We don't have to buy it from Boeing. We don't have to buy it from Lockheed. We don't have to buy it from Raytheon and all these great companies. We'll buy it from Russia. We'll buy it from China. So what good does that do us? There are other things we can do. Khashoggi is not a United States citizen. Is that right? Or is that right? He's a permanent resident. Okay. We don't like it, John. We don't like it. And we don't like it even a little bit. But as to whether or not we should stop $110 billion from being spent in this country, knowing they have four or five alternatives, two very good alternatives, that would not be acceptable to me. Okay. But we're looking for the answer. And I think probably you'll have an answer sooner than people think. Yeah. And we're certainly
0: hearing that there's a lot of, you know, back and forth about whether or not the rest of the government is, as I would say, economically focused and laissez-faire. In this situation, we've heard a lot of, of criticism. Um, Coming from Senate Foreign Relations Committee members, the possibility, you know, The Hill had an article um, very recently uh, today that was just saying, you know, there's five things to look at. And number one is what action will Trump take? Number two, will the U.S. impose sanctions? Because we have, you know, an amendment that basically says if there's human rights violations, we can do sanctions on people. Same thing we did with Russia when they uh, imprisoned, tortured and killed the tax lawyer. Um, will it affect our military to military relationship with Saudi Arabia? Will Saudi Arabia say it's involved? And then the last one was will business ties be affected? And specifically they mentioned two things. First, the they call it Davos in the desert, but more more critically, it's actually called the Future Investment Initiative Conference. And then the other one that the Hill.com called out as a political website is WWE Crown Jewel. Um, but this future investment um initiative cons- conference. Uh, we've already seen a lot of companies pull away from it, haven't we? Yeah, so
1: CNN has has pulled out CNBC, Financial Times, Bloomberg, a New York Times columnist, uh, the Economist, Editor-in-Chief, Ariana Huffington from the Huffington Post, uh, the LA Times owner, a- AOL co-founder, the Uber CEO, the World Bank president. And uh, so that's just from that Devos in the Desert uh, conference. And then all yeah, the- and,
0: and some of those mm-hmm. are big, especially that Uber CEO, because Uber has an enormous investment yeah. done by Saudi Arabia in mm-hmm. their company. Mm-hmm. And so for them to kind of stand up to a, a very significant shareholder is really uh, relevant, I think, in this situation. Well, you could say, here's a company that is privately owned, uh, that has made the decision that they do want to, in fact, step away, uh, even though they, they know that they're, they're getting a lot of money um from from a uh what's happening you know yeah. uh and, I th- and th- so i think, I, I, I think that's uber. really big to know that they, th- they made that choice to do that and they were obviously under a lot of pressure to do it yeah. almost I, I, th- I think in the case of uber US company is, has stepped away from this except for i think fox business news yeah. is one of the few that is still said they're going to go along with steve mnuchin the uh the u.s treasury secretary has said he is still going to go i think in the case of uber they're probably especially sensitive
1: about uh, issues of ethics and whatnot, because you, they they've had the uh, all the, the sexual harassment scandals, and the, this CEO that they have now is a different CEO from was it Travis Kalnick, who was uh, you know embroiled in, in all the the sexual harassment scandal stuff. So maybe maybe in the case of uh, of, of the Saudi Arabian news, they they're especially sensitive.
0: Um, oh yeah, I I agree that there's a a lot there, and and they they had a lot of you know pressure on them. But I think it it also could say that there's you know. What's interesting is this is just people who aren't going to a conference. So you could also argue this is a lot easier to walk away from uh, than compared to say a deal that could net you twenty to forty five million dollars in a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, it, obviously, it's going to fray the relationship, and um, we we see other people who have already started to say they're going to walk away. Richard Branson, the Virgin Group, uh, a founder who's you know, has enormous things he was working on on de- working on with Saudi Arabia, and he was quoted. You know, he had a really powerful quote uh, in, in one of these things where he basically said he had uh, two uh, two tourism projects. He spent uh, talks with the government about a one billion dollar investment in virgin space companies. And he just said, what has happened uh, in Turkey around the disappearance of journalist Jamal Khashoggi, if proven true, would clearly change the ability of any of us in the West to do business with the Saudi government, said him. Uh, and I think that's, that's really big is, you know, you do see someone there saying that it, it, this is a, this is not business as usual. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can play the cultural sensitivity card and just say, you know, we don't understand their culture. It's different here. And that's why women can't drive or that's why you have to put them in two different rooms. No, we're talking about, you know, there's no way you can basically, essentially, it's a forced rendition and torture and murder of, of a dissident. Uh, and, and that, you know, moreover, that the government of the U.S. has even said that they heard chatter about Saudi Arabia planning it in advance, that they were planning on trying to find ways to quote lure him to the consulate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've also heard uh, Ernest Moynt's, uh Obama's energy secretary, and uh, Nelly Krios, who is a, a former VP of the European Commission. Um, axios.com, dot com, is keeping a list of kind of all the companies that are making changes. Uh, and then we have WWE. And I, I think in some ways... You could argue WWE is one of the most visible companies that has the most poignant choice where you could say you're not like an energy company or something where you'd say, well, this is a core competency for you, you know, is selling oil and and working with these kind of governments. This is a entertainment company that has chosen to make a deal to go here and do this. And uh, while they keep saying we are currently monitoring the situation, they were called out on a um, actually kind of a conservative website, this I i is it ijr independent review journal yeah independent uh journal review i journal review ijr yeah uh william Staken was able to get four different quotes uh from senate uh foreign relations committee members uh which is pretty which is pretty big deal because up until then there was this big question about basically would wwe raise to the profile of getting government um, people talking about them because that's when wwe acts is either when the government's talking about them or when their sponsors are talking about them their fans eh, they're kind of indifferent to that but it's it's when the government is on their tail or when the 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 sponsors are on their tail and they were able to get quotes from from uh christopher murphy uh they were able to get one from uh, let's see which one chris coons uh lindsey graham uh bob uh menendez So a lot of different people, and that includes both Lindsey Graham, a Republican, and Bob Menendez, a Democrat. And so it was people of both both stripes there uh, Mm -hmm. kind of speaking out. So that was a big deal. And I think you even have some audio here of uh, Senator Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut uh, speaking on this. So I think the significance here is, 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 as you mentioned, there's
1: uh, the four quotes that uh, – is it IJR or IRJ? IJR. uh, IJR got were three Democrats and one Republican. The Republican is is Lindsey Graham, uh, but also they got a, a quote from Democrat Chris Murphy of Connecticut, and of course that's where W's headquarters are in Stamford, Connecticut. So the other senator from uh, Connecticut, Democrat Senator Richard Blumenthal, was interviewed by WCBS, and uh, here's what he had to say:
4: Senator, there is a Connecticut. Connection here. Connecticut-based WWE World Wrestling Entertainment has a big event in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. The crown jewel, they call it, coming up on November 2nd, just a few weeks away. Should Connecticut-based WWE look at backing out of that event?
3: All major private interests should review and relook their relationship with the Saudi kingdom in light of its continuing pattern of abuses, civil rights, and civil liberties, contempt for the rule of law, and bombing in Yemen using United States military equipment and possible intelligence. And so the private interests should review, but so should the United States government.
4: If there is more conclusive evidence that the Saudis may have been behind the disappearance or murder of Jamal Khashoggi, Would you lean on Connecticut-based WWE to back out of that crown jewel event in Riyadh?
3: I would hope that WWE will recognize on its own a conscience and conviction if there is proof uh, that Saudi officials approved and ordered this kind of killing. And I would lean first on the United States government to do its duty so that it can lead private interests like WWE. And the first place to look is to the United
0: States of America.
4: Senator Richard Blumenthal, Democrat from Connecticut. Senator, uh, thank you for talking with us. We appreciate it.
0: So very strong words there from him, but you can also sense that he's basically saying you cannot tell a private company to not do business in another country if we don't have sanctions against them. If we don't have a formal reason that you cannot do business there and that there is a a little bit of a concern, especially in such a business friendly environment of Connecticut, where Blumenthal doesn't want to be quoted saying basically, I think you should, I should be allowed to tell you where you can and can't, you know, do business. So he was saying much stronger that the US government should kind of, quote, lead the way, which is a strong sentence too, because of course, in that earlier quote from Donald Trump, you very much get the impression that he is economically focused on these weapons deals and the, um, paranoia that either Russia or Iran, or not Iran, but Russia or the Chinese or someone else would, would supply, quote, these weapons to them. So that, that's intriguing there too, that, um, I think this is going to continue to be a flashpoint. And part of it is the question is how long is the outrage cycle? Yeah. Will people still be concerned about this in three weeks from now? Or will this have sort of kind of moved to the next thing by that point? Yeah. And in, in W's case, they
1: have an investor conference call coming up on October 25th, which I'm sure we'll cover in detail. So they'll probably be asked about about that then. This will be brought up at least in in that talk I don't know if it'll be it, as it big could not at that be
0: if, if it wasn't I would be I'd be flabbergasted because I think there's a financial impact to WWE if they don't run this event mm-hmm. because I think some of you know people were saying hey I think we're you're going to get another x many million dollar boost in q4 and now you're not going to get it yeah that is a big difference in my mind of what one quarter might look like for WWE and that makes it a legitimate financial topic, let alone the moral authority and the moral discussion about what is your strategy about this situation. Right, and I
1: think it's notable to compare the the reaction of Donald Trump to the reaction of WWE. They they both have you know big economic interests here. They're both saying, "Oh yes, we're concerned about this," but uh, you know, this, WWE's not saying it's a lot of money for them. They gave a very brief statement that. Doesn't give a lot of detail but they're both very economically interested in the situation and they're not ready to make any sort of big
0: decisions here uh and of course well, and, and i think they would even point to blumenthal and say well it says we have to have conscious conviction and proof that they've or, ordered approved and ordered this uh we weren't we're not going to get that this quick you know that sort of thing yeah. And then of uh, course, the well, WWE. So had- I, I can see that they'll see a lot of outs in this. There's certainly nothing here that says, oh my gosh, if you do this, you'll have hell to pay. That is not where people are coming at it right now. They're not threatening a big stick over them. They're trying to say, if you have a conscience and a conviction, <laughs> you should do something. And, you know, I hate to be so pessimistic, but that's not always what WWE's been known for.
1: Right. And uh, w- one of these senators in this interview from uh, IJR pointed out that, hey, look, uh, you know, W. co-founder Linda McMahon is currently the administrator of the Small Business Administration. She's a member of the cabinet appointed by Donald Trump. Uh, so, you know, the, the Trump Trump uh, Trump and the, and the McMahons have been involved for a long time, leading up to uh, Linda's appointment to this position. You know, the McMahon family made millions of dollars in donations to the, the Trump Foundation. They made millions of dollars in donations to the, the PAC, the political action committee that worked to elect Donald Trump. So there's a lot of political ties here between the Trump administration and W itself.
0: And and Linda McMahon, for her part, has been able to avoid a lot of the scandals of the Trump administration with all the turnover and criticism of use of private planes and all sorts of, you know, all these other things that have kind of taken down different people, um, mainly by being on the road and just kind of using a I, I, I can't say that much about it type excuses where she just will she's constantly doing sba work and kind of saying i'm separated from everything else Mm -hmm. and there is a degree where there is a concern i think about trying to conflate linda mcmahon and wwe and saying well you know so goes one so goes the government you know sort of thing where there is probably a little bit of um the question mark about do the Saudis see it as the same thing or not we don't know but it would be very interesting to know more about that. Yeah. Um, what our, our the friend, uh... actually do. And, and of course, not the only politician in this story, is it? Uh, who else? Well, you know, Kane. Kane. Uh, the brother of destruction. He is the mayor of Knoxville and uh, newly elected mayor, no less. And uh, a lot of people putting pressure, just saying, you know, as the mayor of Knoxville, as an elected politician, is it really appropriate for you to be going over to WWE's event in Saudi Arabia coming up here? And what do we know about this? So Kane just said
1: that uh, there's a statement, I guess, from his office saying, Mayor Jacobs won't speculate on Mr. Khashoggi's disappearance. However, he and his family are in the mayor's thoughts and prayers. Uh, That that was something that he gave to KnoxNews.com. Uh, lo- a local media uh, site for Knoxville County. Uh, but it, the, the headline said that he's still going to appear, still planning on appearing at, at Crown Jewel. Of course, he's going to be in a, in a tag match, right? With The Undertaker against Triple H and Shawn Michaels and Shawn Michaels' first match in some 10 years.
0: And, and to give an idea of how much money we think people are kind of spreading around for this, uh, there was that other report not too long ago saying that WWE might have made a $100,000 donation uh to the Knoxville Foundation as a request for for our, uh uh Mayor Jane Glenn Jacobs. Yeah. And a lot of people saw that as possibly being a um a, a reflection kind of, of, a, the, a,
1: of the payout that maybe you would get.
0: I I guess this was tied
1: into to uh Kane's appearance at the Super Showdown in Australia which happened the other week. So, you know, no, it, it gives you an idea. We're talking at least tens of thousands of dollars, if not a hundred thousand dollars. And
0: Oh, for these people, I think, yeah, hundreds of thousands of dollars for the, mm-hmm. the people in that sort of match, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're talking about The Undertaker and Kane versus Shawn Michaels and Triple H, mm-hmm. everybody in that match is making hundreds of thousands of dollars to do that show. Yeah. Um. It, yeah. And, and Shawn Michaels making even more in theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's there's, you know, a lot of choices you have. And um, there's different theories on what you could do, what would happen in different ways. So um, one is maybe you could try to salvage some of this. And uh, there's a guy named Daniel Wood. He was on uh, Kedia, And he sent me a link of an article he wrote. And, and it does, in fact, it, it kind of predated some of the other articles I saw. And Daniel specifically mentioned he heard from sources that there was an impromptu meeting, uh, presumably at Titan Tower, on October 11th around 2.30 p.m. to discuss the growing concern around the crown jewel and what WWE's response to all the media inquiries would be. Um, And so I know there's a lot of people who are kind of poking the bear for a while there, and they finally got an answer uh, shortly thereafter of, quote, WWE, we are currently monitoring the situation. Um, But when you ask someone like Dave Meltzer, he's given a couple different answers. He said maybe they would move some of the major matches to the Survivor Series, or there's the possibility that's discussed in the the Daily Beast article and maybe you can walk us through that, Brandon. What what was the idea that you also discussed in the article you wrote?
1: All right. So on so Crown Jewel is going to be scheduled for it is scheduled for November 2nd. That's a Friday. And that's part of a larger international tour WWE is doing. So on Monday, November 5th and Tuesday, November 6th, WWE is scheduled to do a Raw and SmackDown taping both in Manchester Arena in manchester england so if you look at the manchester arenas uh, event schedule there's nothing uh, on the event schedule for sunday november 4th so uh i've, I've heard this idea that well maybe they could do a, a pay-per-view you know move the pay-per-view away from Riyadh uh on november 2nd and then they could just push it two days later and do a three-day run in manchester and then push it off as like oh you know a positive spin that look we're going to do the first worldwide pay-per-view in the UK since 1992 of course in SummerSlam 1992 and uh, have a positive spin about it that way
0: and uh, And, and possibly you know they have been promoting some big matches you know Shawn Michaels return and things of that nature and completely killing that buzz or diluting it over a long period of time I think there is a concern about You know, you, you've told people, this is what you're doing. You've made it a big deal. You've even advertised it on the network as a reason you should get the network. So if there's no event held whatsoever, will that be very poorly received by the fans? Um, especially those that aren't thinking kind of geopolitically.
1: I think there's so many big pay-per-view shows, uh, within the last couple of weeks and within the the coming couple of weeks, I don't think fans on the whole are, are going to be super disappointed about that. But, uh,
0: I I mean, I I won't be super disappointed if it happens. But the challenge will be, you know, what did it take to get Shawn Michaels out of retirement? It was probably a big number, a big, big dollar amount. Yeah. And if you're not actually running the show in Saudi Arabia, then you basically are now going to spend that money. And yet you don't get the giant paycheck. And as you and I pointed out before. The amount of money they make on WrestleMania was dwarfed by the amount of money they were making at the Greatest Royal Rumble. In terms of so, t- ticket sales, yeah. Uh, like, so uh, While uh, they can move it to the UK, they're not going to get WrestleMania-like money for that one UK show. No, but I guess they could, could make a lot of money. Probably they could probably charge
1: high ticket prices for it. Or probably higher ticket prices than they're charging for the Raw and SmackDown tapings, which we could probably look into and, whether or not those are sold out. And the out. other
0: piece would be, if it's in the UK, you know what you can have on there? What? W... O M E N. You
1: could have women on there. W- would you have <laughs> women on there? Um, and, and I did look into this. I think they have a uh, a house show in Spain on the same day on on Sunday, November fourth. But there's, I looked at it, and there's, uh, you could still, if uh, you know, if if they would still agree to it, they could still get Brock Lesnar there. You could still have all the matches that that are advertised. I think most of the people who are advertised for the uh, for the Spain house show on the same day are not uh, not
0: advertised currently for the crown jewel card. So it doesn't look and, like it'd be a huge and conflict. And they've blown up house shows before. They blew up the one that was like New Finland mm-hmm. um, that was going to do a, a house show so they could do the greatest Royal Rumble. They, mm-hmm. they started canceling some Canadian house shows.
1: Yeah.
0: So, I mean, they've done it before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but yeah, so, but the financial consequences are big. You know, this would be possibly 20 plus million dollars that they're not going to get this quarter, um, of which they can offset some of that, maybe half of that. But there will be a lot of expenses incurred with, you know, changing travel, with booking a new arena, with all the other logistics that could go into that. Um, but and there's the much bigger question of like, let's say they go through with it, you know, who, who would be angry? And I was thinking there's kind of four big groups I can think of um, business partners, you know, any sponsors out there might say, you know what, this is too much heat for me. The Snickers of the world might say, I don't want to be part of this. Um, mainstream criticism, you know, the fact that WWE can kind of skate under the radar so often, even when they do kind of crummy storylines, uh, be it, you know, uh, jingoistic or, 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 uh, ethnically discriminatory or just in poor taste, uh, they usually can skate by, but when you are part of the bigger Saudi Arabia story, that's dominating the news. Next thing, you know, you know, they're doing segments on you on CNN and that's not where they want to be. Um, Analysts will clearly ask some questions because it says financial ramifications. And then I do think they have a real problem with employee discontent. You know, if you were out there and you're trying to woo the Young Bucks or Cody Rhodes or Kenny Omega or other people, there's got to be a certain part of this where they look at it and they say, these guys seem like they're prisoners. They don't have any kind of say over what they're doing. You know, thank God that they uh, already re-signed Daniel Bryan, right? Mm -hmm. This seems like the sort of thing that would make a lot of people to say, I want to get up and walk. I don't want to be associated with this. Mm -hmm. So there's some big consequences that go through with it. On the other side, there's an enormous consequence if they don't do it because it's a 10 year deal that there's, you know, analysts already think are worth 200 million to 400 million over that period of time. Right. And that's baked into the stock price, which is run up in large part because of TV rights, but a little bit because of this big deal too. Oh, absolutely. I, I think, I think it's, I think it'd be one of those where people miss, disproportionately react to WWE news. And so they disproportionately evaluate the TV deals and they're going to disproportionately evaluate the loss of the, the Saudi Arabia deal. Mm-hmm. So it would be, it would be really de- detrimental for them on the stock side and on the kind of, um, you know, the, the, the PR side, you'd have to really begin to have a narrative that makes sense. Why did you do this? Why did you pull out? What, what makes it this way? And then it's on the flip side to say, do other places in the world want to pull in Australia and book you if they also feel like you're going to they're going to get lumped in with the Saudi Arabias of the world? Yeah.
1: Uh, as as of Friday, W stock was up three uh, percent at at eighty five and a half dollars. So the stock price hasn't reacted negatively to this news yet. Although, although not this really.
0: Is- I I have a graph in the document, and you can see it if you go to russellmox.com. Sign up, become a Patreon. And what you'll see is the WWE stock shot way up at the very um, end of September, as high as I think it's in the the, uh, the mid-90s. And then it started to plummet from kind of October all the way through about the 10th. And then it kind of rebounded on the 11th and the 12th. And if you look at it, what's interesting is the S&P kind of is flat for all the way through about the 8th or the 9th of October. And then it began to plummet. So some of the WWE's plummet was in, in parallel to the S&P. But some of their sell-off was was before the S&P ever started taking a, a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say it's, you know, it, it does kind of start around October 2nd, but I, I, I don't think the two are really that related. That's also around the same time that, you know, uh, there was an article that came out on Seeking Alpha, you know, talking about, I think, WWE is way overst- overpriced. That was on October 9th. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. But it, it's, it's interesting there that I do think that if WWE had to pull out of this show... And there was the possibility that Saudi Arabia would not be okay with it. And they're just going to kill the whole deal. That would have a large financial impact to WWE's future earnings. And that would probably negatively impact the stock and negatively impact possibly the perception of the company. Not because they didn't make the right choice, but rather because then suddenly the stock goes down and then people freak out. And then suddenly you're getting negative press. Mm -hmm. It's just what seems to happen in WWE. You think this, this uh, if they go through with this,
1: does this make, make any, uh, I guess it depends on what we were talking about earlier. Does this continue to be a news story or not? But does this uh, impair their ability to attract sponsors? Does it make sponsors mad and reconsider their relationship with WWE?
0: I think it's always been a case of trying to understand whether or not fan mo- mobilization actually translates into sponsor backlash. I don't think Snickers made the decision to, to get angry about the May Young thing because someone at Snickers was upset about it. I think they got angry because they, they started to see a negative trend happening in, in online and they wanted to get ahead of it. And they made that decision. Yeah, I, you know, I would we, don't, we don't really know were... what did it, but I, I don't think it's because Snickers themselves really cared about May Young, one, or I'm sorry, uh, Fabulous Moolah, one way or the other.
1: Yeah, I, I would speculate in that case with the Snickers and the Fabulous Moolah name. So just some background: WWE tried to name their their women's battle royal from WrestleMania this year, the Fabulous Moolah Battle Royal, and a lot of fans got mad about it. WWE did nothing about it until I, I think some fans started to contact sponsors, including Snickers, and then Snickers got more wind of it and then made their own statement saying this is unacceptable. And then WWE finally gave in and and changed it to just the women's battle Royal.
0: So ultimately it is sponsored backlash, but it does get kind of uh, precipitated by, by fan backlash. And so I think it would also depend on how the Saudi Arabian show was portrayed. If it felt like another super infomercial, like the one we just talked about at the beginning of the show, people would really be losing their mind. And, 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 um, and, and if but we, if, if it's just streams. a show that happens to be in saudi arabia i could see a lot of fans just kind of brushing it off and and not say, being like well it's not propaganda it just happens to be there and why should you deprive these fine fans the chance to see a, a show
1: and if, if as you speculated earlier if, if wd is not just being compensated to run these shows but they're also being compensated to promote vision 2030
0: how could it not be another infomercial for the saudi government It's a good question. Um, I mean, and so like I have said, there's always been this kind of 50 50 thing of does Saudi Arabia want to give people wiggle room or not? Because, you know, there's obviously the what you say and then there's what you say behind closed doors. There's the, you know, our public stance is this. And then there's later the here's your face saving measure where you can make this thing and I will go with it, you know, and we can make it seem like it's, you know, we all agreed from this in the front, in the end. So I thought it was really telling today when I was looking at, you know, what is the Saudi Arabian government saying about this whole deal? And and New York Times, you know, made the point in a video this morning, just about, you know, there's three big narratives in the Saudi press about how the 15 men that allegedly flew in to the country and then quickly flew out afterwards, they were just tourists. Or maybe the plane isn't, you know, maybe the pictures of the plane are fake. Or the other big one is it's a Qatari campaign. Um, a lot of Americans might not be familiar with this, but there's an enormous battle of wills going on in the Middle East between Iran and Saudi Arabia, and Saudi Arabia and some of its allies, allies, and Qatar. Yeah. And there's, so there's even speculation that this, huge, at this you know, World the, Cup the, it's a Qatari influence campaign, is one of the things you'll hear a lot in Saudi Arabian press. And that that, you know, what this is the only reason this is a big story right now is that the, the Qataris are secretly funding and keeping the media. Uh, obsessed with this Yeah, there's even speculation
1: um, that this this world cup that's a part of the crown jewel card this tournament that WWE is having as part of the show is sort of sort of a shot at at qatar getting the world cup the, the football soccer world cup
0: so oh sure i'm sure it's something like that too um and you know there's there's conspiracy tweets going out there about evidence-free narratives peddled by the media with a long history of cooperating or getting duped by the iran echo chamber architects so you know, Saudi Arabia was always a big. Um, uh, uh, they they thought very. They were not a big fan of the Iran deal that uh, the Obama administration had made, um, because in some ways they they don't want the sphere of influence ever to, to shift such that Iran has more power, and that's you know kind of their counterbalance right now of who they're fighting in Yemen is that they feel that they're kind of trying to restrict the ability of the Iranians to be kind of propping up a government there. Um, but it's it's just fascinating to me when you when you look here about, you know, how the credibility of MBS is is going poorly, how, you know, the the prince has canceled or postponed meetings with diplomats and other foreign visitors. Um, but this morning there was kind of this uh, the general manager of the Saudi, Ara- o- Saudi Arabia owned El Arabi news channel. He, he basically came out with this very um, loud statement, quote, it, that any sanctions over Khashoggi would stab its own economy to death, which, again, what a terrible choice of words, right? Yeah,
1: very violent. Um,
0: uh, Very violent, very, you know, especially in the situation we're discussing. Um, Warned the U.S. sanctions imposed on Riyadh would stab its own economy to death by causing oil prices to reach as high as $200 a barrel, lead Riyadh to permit a Russian military base in um, Saudi Arabia, and drive the Middle East into the arms of Iran um so what what i'm increasingly hearing is that saudi arabia is not necessarily opening the door to say hey you do you want to save some face american company and uh, make a secret deal with us where we'll kind of make good in the future and um we'll be we'll be happy if you walk away instead i bet you wwe is actually under a ton of pressure not to change their path at all and there's just a lot of suggestion that, you know, the Saudi Arabians never expected this to blow up as badly as it did. And so they were kind of taken by surprise by this miscalculation that they made, and that it's it's completely undermined their ability to use the narrative that, oh, we gave women the right to drive, and kind of overshadowed the other narratives about, hey, uh, here's a leading dissident in, in Saudi Arabia, someone was mentioning there's um, a woman on like death row in Saudi Arabia that might be, be executed shortly before the crown jewel event. You know, it's stuff like that, that you're just like, that's terrible, terrible stories. And in the past, people were either turning a blind eye or willing to kind of um, put up a cultural flag or just say changes slow. But for whatever reason, this has been the breaking point for a lot of people. And I think it's because... Um, the media is pushing this very heavily in keeping it in the minds of people, and at the same place, Turkey is playing in very big because Turkey sees it as a big opportunity for them to get kind of in the better graces of the U.S., um, even though they'd increasingly become very autocratic and, and suppressed a lot of, of uh, media themselves in the last year here. So it's been it's it's a very complicated geopolitical situation, and is in the middle because I don't think they're being given a door out. By the Saudis, which means they have to step up and make a decision. And ultimately, there's one person who makes that decision.
1: Vince McMahon. It's Vince McMahon. Yeah,
0: there, there's no doubt that it is not as, Vince um, McMahon's decision.
1: As awful as this story is about the journalist Jamal Khashoggi, it's not as if uh, all this. This is the one thing that uh, that the Saudi government all of a sudden has done that's terrible that should uh, cause W or who uh, whatever business partner with that government to reconsider the relationship. Uh, yeah, as we were saying a little bit uh, earlier, you know, Saudi Arabia is is involved in many ongoing uh, human rights violations, including you know, the bombing of, of civilians and airstrikes in Yemen, uh, their their treatment of, of women, LGB, LGBT people, and so on. Um, but it's, it's just this story that's you know, for whatever reason, getting more attention than than all the others. That's putting a lot more public pressure on WWE, um, and I, I would question like. Does if, if WWE does cancel this, and uh you think about like how much W. E. or Vince McMahon at least values loyalty, this, this there seems to be a lot of similar sentiment in the, pre, the U.S. president and how he values loyalty. Is is there something uh, in 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 that sentiment that would keep W. E. from from not canceling this? Would it you know I don't know. Consider the relationship with Linda and, and Trump. Like if they cancel it, is it, is it like I, I, I guess what I'm saying is. I oh think, I, I i think i think, I think hear what you're saying i because think they're less think likely it, i think they're i think they're think less it. likely to cancel this because um because of that relationship and just because of the values that both of those you know families seem to exude over the years of loyalty of, above any sort of moral conscience and so on
0: and and you know complimentary show to this uh, a couple months ago we we interviewed. Uh, Lavi Margolin yeah, and with his book, Trump Mania, and it's all about the connections between Vince McMahon and Donald Trump and the various times they work together in their life. And then we get, at the time, Fire and the Fury had just come out. And so I talk a lot about kind of the relationship between Donald and Ivanka and Vince and and Steph and and some of the the parallels there that are interesting. But I, I think for sure, if Vince McMahon cancels, then suddenly part of the storyline becomes member of Trump's cabinet's husband avoids Saudi Arabia is this a sign that the US government dot 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 right. and so i wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those like i said i've i'm curious whether or not the saudi arabians think of this as a channel to influence ww or influence the US government mm-hmm. just because they know that linda is so close with the trumps yeah i guess like it's a thought experiment if linda was not a member of the cabinet i think ww is more likely
1: to to cancel this show or reschedule it.
0: I think WWE under the leadership of people that can, I think just like, I think it's a little bit like the the president, dealing with the president himself, which is, it depends on how you frame it to the leader. If you frame it as this is an act of cowardice that you're retreating, of course, he's not going to want to step away. But if you frame it as um, this is the best opportunity for our company to to survive against its enemies is to stay, you know, to stay out of Saudi Arabia today because it will only give fuel for these people to basically make claims and cause problems for you down the line. Uh, but, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe they, WWE pulls out their crown jewel event and suddenly we discover the XFL Super Bowl is going to be played in Saudi Arabia for the next 10 years. Sure. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's intriguing and it's tough to say. I think this is a real test in my mind of the power of george barrios and michelle wilson to step up and honestly you know if i was really wwe i would go and hold a board meeting you know with the board I, of directors, if, if you really cared to say what does the board think we should do with the board of directors yeah or or business director you know like really have a summit and say let's let's put it on the table tell me the situations give me the give me the facts. And, you know, let's make the best decision because strategically, it's good and bad for the company either way they go. If they cancel it, they risk losing a lot of money downstream and that losing down money will will harm them financially in the eyes of the analysts who think that they're hot stuff right now. Yeah. And 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 at the same time, it's kind of an admission that they were making the wrong decision at some point by going to this deal. They don't cancel it. They risk basically showing themselves to be morally bankrupt and Having no backbone, except for to say, oh, we had a contract. We had to honor the contract. And that will be curious to see if that's the narrative that comes out of WWE. It's just basically them saying, we honor our contracts. We don't, we don't break contracts with people. You know, kind of use some kind of loyalty thing, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of ways it can go. And I don't think WWE, I think WWE would love there to be a weather event. So they don't have to deal with either.
1: And this deal was pretty alarming from the start, right? You were one of the first people to bring this up. What are they doing here? They're making an, a deal with an autocratic government. And uh, so it should almost come as n- no surprise that something like this would happen. Although the timing is is, is very bad for them, and that this story is becoming a big mainstream political story just weeks before they're going to do their second event. But you know, it, it's like you know, you could could have predicted that something like this would happen, and just the fact that this is a ten year deal. Uh, we might have talked about it at the time when when this deal started. Just you know, ten years. Are they going to make it through all ten years of this without some sort of controversy or or the deal getting canceled or something like this? And here we are, not even one year into it, and there's a big
0: controversy. And you know, it's funny because I I brought up a lot of this stuff. Not funny, but it's it's relevant that I brought up a lot of this stuff when I talked to the Wall Street Journal. I brought up a lot of the stuff when we we talked on Russell WrestleMomics. And, you know, I had people on my Twitter come up and say things to me like, uh, where's the body? That's what some people sent me uh, notes on. Other people said, um, it's pathetic that, you know, you're making a big deal about this. And uh, somebody else uh, just said, will you care about Saudi Arabia a month from now? Did you ever care about it before? Why are you making a big deal about it today?
1: Or or if it was other promotions, would, would you care as much? If it was yeah. a wrestling promotion that's not WWE?
0: And, and I'll also make the point that, you know, I think, you know, the, the, the news reporting that the New York Times recently did about the Uyghur population in China and the re-education camps and the disappearances and the renditions and the things that are going on there are equally horrific. Um, and, you know, the fact that we don't, you know, kind of lambast China as much as as one might um, and the relationship WWE has had in going into China and the fact that WWE that's so many Chinese. China has double-crossed so many partners. China is um, absolutely creating inflationary uh, companies and and tax and debt burdens all around the world, especially in Africa and and in India and Pakistan and places like that through their Bolt, Belt and Road Initiative. And and I think there are other elements of countries of the world where people are doing business where there is a lot of human rights violations and other corrupt and shady activities going on and it is right to say that we don't talk enough about them and i i I can't sit here and just try to say yep i'm on my moral high horse and everyone look at me i'm I'm talking about it i I don't do a good enough job of that a lot of the time Mm -hmm. um of just saying you know it is very fraught every time you go anywhere and that's not to ever say that the u.s government itself is is completely clean but there's a big difference between doing business in a company in a country doing business with the government of a country, and then literally, you know, taking the money straight from the country and then using it just to create a propaganda machine. Yeah, which is, um, which is which, exemplified. Which I'd say we're at the highest level of right now with the Saudi Arabian deal,
1: and which is exemplified, I think, in the audio that we played earlier from the Greatest Royal Rumble event itself, which was put yeah. on WWE. Uh, and it, it it sets a standard too. If nothing is done about this by the U.S. government, there's probably countries like China and Russia that are looking at this and 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 seeing sort of what they can get away with as far as suppressing people like Jamal Khashoggi, who who've spoken against their their governments,
0: and, and I'll keep saying it, this is a power play between a lot of different players, including Turkey, you know, Turkey was very, I mean, people really should look into all the things Erdogan has done to stifle the media. And, um, you know, even in the US, when he came to visit, he had, you know, uh, people protesters getting beat up by his security forces. You know, he, he is not a shining, you know, there was a great New York Times article a few days ago, kind of comparing uh, MBS and, and Erdogan and just talking about how it's this very strange game between the two. Because in some ways, Turkey had avoided for a while outright challenging Saudi Arabia, instead kind of using media to leak things to kind of make the ins, insinuations. Um, and so it, it, it is a case where there's I can't say anyone here seems super clean.
1: Yeah, and a lot of these details that we're learning about, well, what exactly happened to Khashoggi are coming from uh, Turkey officials themselves or unnamed sources within Turkey. So you kind yeah, of Yeah, which means if
0: one or two of these details turn out to not to be true, yeah. people are going to harp on that and make that seem like then the entire story is a non-story versus, you know, the the really alarming connection here, which is it's it's pretty much beyond the pale that, you know, someone was – either a forced rendition or a forced murder. And it's unclear, you know, what the, what was the thinking ahead of time, yeah. but essentially that, that a government would feel that powerful, that if someone is a low level dissident, you know, just because he was annoying them, yeah, that they would go this far of basically plotting, you know, showing pre premeditation and then executing it. And that should give people pause because that, that should be the sort of thing where obviously what's, I'm, I shouldn't say obviously, but what is likely to happen is on the Saudi Arabian side. After they finish with their whole campaign here, you know, you're, you, you we knew we would see Khashoggi smeared, and that's already begun. That you know that that's part of the way you 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 walk around this is that you smear the victim. Um, but the next step is probably going to be that there will be an announcement that Saudi Arabia is going to investigate, and they will have some purge of someone underneath them, and they'll say this is the bad actor involved and they're going to absolve the Crown Prince of any interference. And they're going to um, pledge to have better relations and a better thing. And they'll set up some, you know, I don't know, fake post of something, you know, and they'll pay quietly pay some some large amount of money, probably to the family, to the widow and you know, may or may not ever actually admit wrongdoing. Just they'll probably say there's there's deficiencies in operations and that there was inappropriate actions taken by certain people. And they'll just basically do whatever they can to make sure that the they, they take as little responsibility as possible, and they quiet down as many forces as they can, and that more or less in the end, the government of the United States can kind of nod its head and say that's enough. Yeah, and, and for, um, that's for, what I'm predicting for
1: WWE. I think they're really in a tough spot. So if they if they do sort of what 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 I, what I speculated that maybe they'll do a UK show on the Sunday. Before the Manchester shows, they still would have to. They would try to spin it in a positive light because look, we're giving the UK audience, that are our big fans in the UK, their first pay per view, first worldwide pay per view since 1992. But at the same time, you're kind of doing it because you know we, you know, because of this controversy and this scandal in Saudi Arabia. Or if they go through with it, I can't imagine having fans watch this thing and 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 many of them knowing about the story uh related to khashoggi and in saudi arabia so i don't know they're, they're in a in a tough spot regardless i think and, and i guess the like third al- third alternative is just to, to cancel it all together or pro- postpone it and move those matches to survivor series
0: yeah and, and i honestly think at this point my my prediction is that wwe i go back and forth every day on it on whether or not you know we 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 interviewed that uh, we we've talked to people before, I should say, that that do lots of sports betting on WWE. Mm-hmm. I think this would be an amazing odds thing. I, th- I think it's, there is. I saw it's morbid, about that. but it's an interesting. I one think of, I saw about something
1: about that. There is a there there are bets being
0: taken. There are bets. Um, okay, and that's the thing is 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 I think there's the three major scenarios. Scenario one is you just you don't run an event at all, and you just put it onto the next the schedule of shows you already have planned. Event two is you run it just like it always is. And event three is you move it to the UK. And I think those are the one, two, and three most likely things to happen. Um, and I, I keep going back and forth between what's going to happen. But I, I guess my my dream would be they just postpone it. They don't even try to run the UK show. Uh, because at, at a certain point, I, I don't think it's right to just kind of give the UK people a pay-per-view with a two-week build. Because you know, you got caught with your pants down, sort mm-hmm. of situation, and then there will I be stories in the UK, doing it media. right is a bigger deal. And, and if, and they, then, and if they do that, there will the be stories side, in the I UK think media about be. like, are is going to just do it?
1: Yeah, and, and the, if they do that, there will be stories in the UK media of like, oh, we're getting this pay per view, but it's only because of uh, you know, they had to cancel their blood money or whatever. Um, but as far as like when will we start to get some answers, I think you know, if most people are listening to this on Monday or late Sunday. I would have to think they're going to start showing their hand on on Monday. If they're still talking about Crown Jewel in Riyadh on on Monday Night Raw, then it looks like they're going to go through with it. You know, and I think oh, my
0: guess is they don't make a single mention of the Crown Jewel pay per view. You think so, pro or con next uh, next week? Hmm. I think there's radio silence on it. Really? They just stopped promoting this big show. They they were promoting it last week. You know, you had Paul Heyman I yeah, they got Evolution first, right? Yes. So all they have to do is just say we decided to refocus our attention on evolution the next pay per view.
1: But but that's women women matches only. They're still going to have to do stuff with with Roman Reigns and and Braun. So Strowman then you'll see a
0: bunch of ads for the UK tour. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll see. I I I think that they will not have their their um collective uh crap together by Monday night to to make a decision. I think that they will just kind of. Play it off as if it's a international event happening that it doesn't count towards anything. It'll just be a question of do you keep promoting a Shawn Michaels Undertaker interaction if you may or may not deliver on it. Right. Yeah. It's it's a crazy time for WWE, and I, I gotta imagine all weekend long they've been kind of wargaming it one way or the other way. Uh, but at this point, I, like I said, I think this is a big test for George and Michelle to step up and. Be wise counsel. Whether or not they they make the right decision, I don't know. But I would say they they have to take some ownership and leadership here because at a certain point you're co-presidents. Yeah, it all the buck stops with Vince, but you should be convincing Vince of the best course of action because yeah. you don't know a thing about wrestling, but you probably do know a thing about geopolitics
3: mm-hmm.
0: and business relationships, business relationships, and and contract penalties. It I, I feel like WWE is probably terrified of those contract penalties, and at the same time, you gotta you you can't really feel for them because they knew going into this this was a shady deal. Exactly. There was no way they shouldn't have known that, and there's no way that they needed this money so bad that they they were they have to choke on it. That's right, and 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 that's the point we should make too. Their business would
1: would not be uh this is not a deal that they need to be profitable. They've got great TV rights deals. Their stock price would, would be very high it would have increased over the last 12 months regardless of this deal. You know, uh no nobody's uh going to lose their job over this. Well, I mean, no nobody
0: was what, what am I saying here?
1: No, nobody would uh
0: they probably won't have to cut half the company in order to keep to keep it running because yeah. of this.
1: Yeah, this is, isn't like creating jobs for for WWE. This is you know only just putting icing on the cake for people's you know salaries and for their fees and so forth. You know this this wasn't something that was a make or break deal for any individual or for in, any part of WWE's business. Absolutely.
0: Any other uh, thoughts on this this challenging and, and unusual story? Uh, I mean, I would say uh, keep reading, keep. Keep investigating. Everybody should be paying attention. I think there's a follow up story that I hope you will write when um, this is ha- when when we get some resolution about what they decide. Uh, David Bixenspan fan wrote an article in Deadspin about this too. Yep. Uh, called WWE taking tens of millions in Saudi money sure looks awful. He published that on Thursday. He was one of the first kind of big articles to kind of write about that. And uh, obviously, we just keep hearing more and more. Uh, I think you know as. As more and more firms have agreed to pull out of this Davos conference, um, it just brings up more and more people kind of realizing, hey, isn't WWE doing a much bigger thing in a certain way? Yeah. Like, I, I know this conference is really big, but there's a big difference between not going to a conference and not running an event for tens of millions of dollars that you receive. Yeah,
1: a, a lot of mainstream outlets that pick this up just off the top of my head, Washington Post, Fox News, uh, obviously Deadspin and Daily Beast, uh, CNN. So uh, CNBC, you know, a, a lot of places are picking this up. So this is not just a, a story that's limited to our wrestling bubble. This is a, a mainstream news story.
0: And, you know, one one little tidbit in, in Bixen Span's article that was uh, interesting is just mentioning how WWE won the League Humanitarian Leadership Award at ESPN Sports Humanitarian Awards mm-hmm. uh, this year. And... um yeah, send, sending contributions on behalf of Connors Cure and Special Olympics and it was the mo- um you know, there's a lot going on there. But And and by the way, I don't think I've seen a story from
1: ESPN or Sports illustrated about this, which is interesting, isn't it?
0: Uh, I thought I saw Sports Illustrated. Um, let's see here. Sports Illustrated, Saudi Arabia, WWE. Let's see. Uh, yes, there, there was a Sports Illustrated story uh, by Dan Gartland okay, mentioning, me. uh, Senators urge WWE to reconsider relationship with Saudi Arabia after journal's, journalist's disappearance. Um, it's, you know, mostly I think other people have, have, have mentioned it's very seems like some of these articles kind of go to the wrestling media like cage side seats and kind of crib a lot of data points from it. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's what happens. There was actually an interesting SI article a couple weeks ago uh, that Justin Basario wrote where he was saying um, it was called uh, A Middle East Experts Take on WWE's Partnership with Saudi Arabia. This was written on September 26. So well before that. And uh, just some details um, with uh, David Ottaway, who's a Middle East specialist at the Wilson Center. And it was just him kind of giving his feedback about some information about uh you know what does this deal kind of look like so there there has been some other sporadic coverage but yeah i i would say a lot of people are covering it in the standpoint of saying um here's what others have said about the situation there's not been a lot of of advocacy you know people saying wwe should not do this yeah and so that's 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 part of it too, is that you're not hearing a lot of um you're not hearing definitely a lot of, of uh people trying to advocate on behalf of uh canceling this event necessarily as much as people just informally reporting, hmm, it seems like it might not be a, a good idea. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh we'll definitely keep monitoring it. And uh I I can't imagine how this is not a huge story come the next quarter. Um and you know, I really hope WWE doesn't try to kick the can because they could try to use the argument, well, you're talking Q4 and this is about Q3 results. But I, I do think that it, it makes a big difference for people to understand what's happening with this business. And so besides the moral aspect, I think investors would care a lot about what WWE's relationship with Saudi Arabia is. And, you know, I hate to play the I told you so card, but, you know, this is what happens when you... When you what was it? Lay, you lay down with dogs, you stand up with fleas. Yeah. It's the old saying.
1: So uh, we, we are going to do a, a, another show, which you can listen to at patreon.com slash Russellnomics. And our topics there are going to be what?
0: Oh, we're going to talk Q3 trends. We've been doing a whole series of, of lead up events, giving people idea of what to expect when they get those revenue numbers for Q3. And are they better or worse than we expected? So we're going through different KPIs. So this week we're going to talk a little bit about Google Trends. Um, we're going to talk about WWE stock, we're going to talk about turmoil with the talent in New Japan, or maybe there is none. Um, uh, what culture had a list of the most important off-screen WWE personnel? I'm going to um, refute it, but I'm also going to talk about some other people who are missing from that list. I'll talk a little bit more about female viewership of Raw, and uh, just some other things that have been going on with WWE. We'll probably touch on NXT UK, maybe some of Mookie's tough questions, and all sorts of other stuff. Uh, We'll catch up with you again soon, WrestleNomics.com. You click on either free to listen to the free show, a premium to sign up for the premium show. And those of you that sign up for the premium show, you're subsidizing the free show. We get over $500 for a month for pledges. That means we do audio visual. That means that we start adding in all those charts and graphs so that when you listen to that conference call, you'll be able to have the best coverage bar none in the entire world for WWE conference calls. and uh, that's what we promised but we hope to get some more subscribers so it can be over that 500 hundred dollar mark and do that av
1: experience
0: for everybody there
1: and again that'll be coming up on october 25th i think we'll both be taking the day off of work will you i i I will
0: be taking the day off of work i haven't told my boss yet but i will be i'll look to see if i can but i hope i hope hope to i definitely hope to um and so find us on twitter at Nomics, at mukigana at brandon thurston and uh, check out brandon's article over on the daily beast and hopefully Uh, you know you'll be hearing maybe uh, if you're a podcast host you want to talk about the Saudi Arabian deal maybe you don't know a lot about it but you can feel free to invite Brandon on your show and he can talk to you a lot about it because he had to learn a lot in order for him to write this article sure so
1: feel feel free to Uh, DM me on Twitter at Brandon Thurston yeah and uh, check out the Daily Beast article if you
0: want and uh, hopefully there'll be a follow up to that one pretty soon as we figure out what WWE is doing talk to everyone later bye bye